You see, man, this is who else? Who else podcast is somebody listening to multiple meal tracks right now? This is the only one in a in a crowded landscape in an oversaturated in an market. Oversaturated market. This is unique. I guess I got my swagger back. Mama that said I killed the man. Well, I guess I got the dagger back. It's the rock bastards. We are back in the easy. Jigger man, BC, ZM, easy. Oskino and Sparks and Free Weezy. Mickey, Mallory, Chris, and Evey. All I need is the love of my crew. The whole industry can hate hey, me. This is Saman. Welcome to another episode of the Nostalgia Mixtape. On this episode, we've got one of the hardest working people in show business. I met this guy through my mentor, Bun B. We met at a now defunct festival in Austin, Texas called Fun 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 Fest, which RIP was like my favorite festival ever. And Bun and Hannibal were both performing at the same festival. Run DMC was headlining that year. I can't remember who else performed. But while Bun was on stage, I went over to Hannibal and I said, Hey man, I'm working on this documentary about Bun's group, UGK. You make fun of one of their songs in your set, so maybe you want to be in my documentary. And he was like, yeah, sounds good. And I was like, oh, that was really easy. So we walked back to his hotel. We did the interview there, and that ended up coming full circle, as you'll hear in the story, because my UGK documentary ended up catching the eye of Drake and is... I guess kind of the reason that this whole story happened in the first place, which is crazy. And the two songs that we're going to talk about, one is Building a Ladder by Hiatus Coyote. I first was introduced to Hiatus Coyote's music through my then co-worker Shante Merida at Revolt TV when I used to work at Revolt. And the other song is Jay-Z's All I Need, which, well, I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not going to even tell you why that song is so cool. You're just going to have to listen to find out. So let's let Hannibal introduce himself. My name is Hannibal Burris. I'm from Chicago, Illinois. I am a philanthropist, architect, thespian, one of the top actors of this generation, dramatically and comedically, underrated martial artist, motocross rider. I'm a part-time EMT, and I just got 25% equity in a gauze company. And uh, what are we going to be talking about today? Music. Talking about some music, bars, and some songs. Notes going to the river, hopping up in the boats. Float. Row, row, row your boat. Gently down the stream. Stream. <laughs> you know what this means. Building a ladder of love to you, and I hope they love you. Build one too. Building a ladder of love to you, and I hope they love you. Build one too, and then we got away. You double up when you do it? Sometimes, yeah. I never done the double up technique. Uh, yeah, I got a bunch of inhalers now, dog. <laughs> I'm balling. 
Shout out to my homie Mo Ammer. Mo Ammer brought me about 12 inhalers from Jordan because they only $7 an inhaler what over up, the Mo? counter. So I got about 10, 12 inhalers. I'm kind of balling, you know. Shout out to Mo. Shout out to inhalers. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Asthma. Asthma boys in the building tonight. Asthma boys in the building tonight. <laughs> you know how I'm feeling. My lungs is tight. You ain't even got to get your inhaler out. I got my pro air right here. Can't breathe, boys in the house, 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 house. <laughs> that went way better than I thought it would. Um. <laughs> it wasn't perfect, but I got through it. I got through it. <laughs> I, I will never have the freestyle skills of, of you. Um, so I want to rewind to 2015. Okay. Going, hopping in the time machine, going back. Starting like at a macro level, when you think of 2015, what comes to mind for you and also like culturally? For me, uh, 2015, that's I was doing my TV show that year. And then we did season four of Eric Andre also. Did Comedy Commissado in the fall. I think we finalized the editing and everything and the deal with Netflix for Hannibal Takes Edinburgh. Yeah, it's a bunch of shit. Some other stuff. But, uh, yeah, 2015. Who did the theme song for Why? Hiatus Coyote. Hiatus Coyote. And what was that? That was just like one of their songs that you really liked that you got for the theme no, song? No. They did an original They song. did an original. Okay, what was the song called? It was called Why. <laughs> Because the name of my show was Why. I didn't name it Why. And I I actually wanted to change the name. And I planned on it because they, they decided it was going to be Why early. And then it, and I, I just uh, was thinking, oh, I got to change it. And then time kind of got away from me. And then it was like, oh, I think we're locked into this. <laughs> it wasn't a bad name. But it just wasn't. I don't think it was. It was the, pretty literal. It was. I don't think it was the best I could have come up with. If I sat in a room with you know a few creative minds for a couple hours, we probably would have came up with something pretty dope and fly. Anyways, I digress. <laughs> I went to. Uh, I'd seen them a couple times before. I actually interviewed Hiatus Coyote. A few years back, I had a web series that didn't end up going, but it was called uh, Talking to Strangers. Right, I remember that. And I talked with them and a few other people, totally unprepared as an interviewer. Like, straight up, did not even, like, insulting. Looking back, it was bad that I was interviewing people. Because I, I mean, especially the ones I didn't know. I hadn't listened to songs. I was just like, so you guys, how long you been together as a band? <laughs> when are you guys going to break up? Waka waka. And so it was bad. But yeah, I interviewed them. And then, I don't know, maybe the next year or two years later at South by Southwest, I saw that live show. And it was great. And it turns out they were fans of Eric Andre's show. So we'd go to their show. I went to a you know, couple New York shows of theirs. And they sound, they're amazing live. And then I, I was at an L.A. show. Um, during pre-production for why, and the show was good, and then I was just at the show, and I said, "They should do the theme song." And I was just at the show, and I was like, "They should do it." And then so then I asked them to do it. And also in 2015, there was a big rap beef. What what was that rap beef? That was uh, Hobson versus 
<laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, it's Drake and Meek Mill. Drake and Meek Mill. Yeah. And uh, that's a different story that I'll tell for another time. But I wanted to bring up both hiatus and Drake because in 2015, we both ended up at a dinner that Drake threw for Bun B. Right. And we were the f- like pretty much the first people to show up to that. Yeah, we was early as fuck. It was like pretty much just Drake and the catering staff. We was super early. Like way too early. Yeah. We could have showed up like t- like two or three hours later. It was being in a a big, empty event space. I mean, you could do it, but if you don't have to, you shouldn't. Agreed. Yeah. But it worked out. It worked out fine. But one good thing that came out of us showing up early was... When we were there, Drake came over to us and was trying to make like affable small talk. Yeah. And he was like, so what music have you guys been listening to recently? Mm-hmm. And independently, you and I had both become huge fans of Hiatus Coyote. So right. we were like tag teaming and like telling him, oh, you got to listen to this band Hiatus Coyote. He was like, I never heard of them. And so we had to like tell him, convince him to like mess with their music. Did we really push? We pushed. It was like he was like, "No, I haven't heard of them." And uh, you were t- you were saying why they were dope, and then it triggered me to think of he's a big fan of Little Dragon, and at the time, Hiatus Coyote was on tour with Little Dragon, so that was my like connecting the dots for him. I was like, "Okay, if you like Little Dragon, these guys are opening up for them. That's why you should mess with them." Okay. So we fast forward to 2017. First song on More Life. Is free smoke, yeah. Which features hiatus coyote, hiatus coyote sample. Yeah. Should we take credit for that? Uh, I don't. <laughs> I think, I think you have to ask. You know, right? Before you just take credit, you have to ask and say, "Hey, did uh? Do you remember? Uh, do you remember uh? When we were, it was like at a." Weird kind of big event space in Houston, and uh, there's a lot of hors d'oeuvres. It's hors d'oeuvres, it wasn't nobody there. You remember this conversation? Oh, no, all right, all right, cool. <laughs> but I mean, you might as well for your who I mean, for for things to take credit for, you might as well amongst your friends until somebody says otherwise, until he comes in and rebukes it, right? I feel like that would seem like a weird battle to take. <laughs> I take on that type of battle. Like, well, you didn't tell me shit. I would take on that battle just for fun. Like, wow, he really cares a lot, huh? Mm. <laughs> mm. Wait, you would take on mm. the? You would defend that we could take credit for it if I was in the same situation and it wasn't the case that you had put me on to that, and I and I found out. Oh, about you would. Ta- you would be Drake. You would. If I, I would be like, nah, man. <laughs> What are you talking about? And I pull out receipts, like text conversations with friends where they sent me the link. This is what happened. Shut up. (laughs) Wow, I didn't know he cared so much. Why does he care so much about that? That seems Seems like he had better things to do, huh? But yeah, maybe we should. It sounds great. It was a great use of a sample. It was unexpected when I heard it, too. 
And then the song is like, the beat is like really hard. So it's like the opposite of the hiatus sample. Right. It's like jarring. Like you hear this beautiful like piano. And. How did you first discover Haidus Coyote? Through, I mean, I'd been set up to interview them. That was literally the introduction. That was the introduction, and then I saw them live at South by Southwest at, was it, an OK Player event, I think. So it took you some time. You saw them live before you'd really listened to their music. Yeah, I saw them live. That's how I got introduced to their music. So I was listening to Haidus Coyote on the way here, and one of the comparisons I really like to make is I feel like Napalm's voice is like, like almost like Stevie Wonder. Like you know that song uh, by Fire. Haidus or Stevie? Haidus. Uh, I'm not not off top. That one. So I'm gonna sing it for you because I'm really good at singing. But it's don't, the one where like no, she don't sing it. <laughs> Don't do it, dog. <laughs> she makes her voice like follow the guitar. Follow the beat, yeah. Like, ah. yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Well, no, she does that a lot. Where she is like singing, she becomes a part of the beat, right? Versus singing on it, where she'll ride the you know progressions and and, and things like that. She's really good at that. Her voice is like becomes like an instrument, like yeah. on the song, like falls into the song. Yeah, it's like. I don't know. It's wild to me. But like a bunch of people have sampled their music. Like Drake sampled um, uh, Anderson Pack on his album. Oh, yeah. With the song with Rhapsody. Right. Beautiful sample. Kendrick, I was just looking it up. Kendrick sampled them on Damn. He sampled Atari. Which, which song on Damn? Is there a song called Duckworth? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, Knife Wonder. Yeah. So, yeah. That I think one he's like the that. main pusher of... Right. Titus Coyote in the hip-hop world. And then I found like an old Chance song that samples Titus Coyote. I can't remember the name of it though, but it's like, you can't find it on one of his apps, like on YouTube. But like, what do you think makes their music so good to sample? They just make just good shit. I don't know. It just works. It's, uh, I opened for them one show. I just, I described them. It's like, it's sex music, but it don't. It's not really. The songs don't be about sex that often. <laughs> <laughs> they got sexual vibes, but if you really listen, she's talking about some way other shit. <laughs> but it's definitely music that's made by someone who's had sex before, like hundred percent. Sure. Like, I, the biggest argument I ever got in with one of my college roommates was about whether or not Michael Jackson had ever had sex. And my roommate was like, I don't think he's ever had sex. And I was like, you have to be a crazy person to think that. <laughs> like, look at his music videos. Like, the guy clearly, he'd, he'd done it before, right? Yeah. <laughs> do -do 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 -do. That's what I, <laughs> that's what I would be, that's what I always thought when I watched Michael Jackson video. This, this dude be fucking. He, he knows what he's doing. Moonwalking into it. <laughs> I had to stop fucking this morning because my asthma started acting up. And I was getting it in and I had to take a break. I said, hey, I, hey. Hold on, hold and on. And so then I, 
luckily she was like facing that, so I was able to grab the inhaler out of because I've used the inhaler in front of girls post sex, and it's been a mistake because they they use that against me in an argument. Wow. When things go, oh, you couldn't breathe when you were. So I try to now I I, I hit the inhaler out of sight during sex situations. If it's not if it's just regular asthma, just chilling, I had no problem. But mid sex, I, I dip off into the corner and I, I hit it, and then I and then I get back in. Yeah. The, the reason that I ended up getting an inhaler was because after college. This young woman who I had a crush on invited me to her place for to, to literally to watch Netflix. This is before Netflix and chill was like in the in our cultural like, like vocab, yeah. in the lexicon. And she didn't tell me she had cats. Mm-hmm. And so we're like watching and like let's say we're like rounding first base, like going to second base. And like I feel like my airway is like closing, but I was like, no, nah, I could power through this. Like I'll be fine. And there was like this point where we were like making out. I thought I could switch to like breathing through my nose. No. Nope. Huge mistake. And she, she like literally like stopped me and she was like, hey, you don't sound, this doesn't sound like a normal breathing situation. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm having an asthma attack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she, I feel like she like saved my life. She made me like a cup of tea, like on the spot. Damn. Totally opened up my. So I didn't tell my parents that part, but I was like, yeah, I think I just had an asthma attack. Like, might need to inhale it. It's rough out here. It's not easy. You got to have all these techniques. Like, it's, I got to, I got to get off these inhalers. I got to get something, get a shot or something, something better. There's got to be something like, like how you had the eye surgery. There's got to be like something for that, for asthma. Yeah, there has to be an advanced asthma treatment. Hit me up if you know what it is. I'm tired of this life. Some people cut. Some people stop eating gluten. You think that's like, and they think that's like the key. I've heard. I've heard firsthand accounts, like not just not internet sleuth myth shit or whatever. Not like message boards. Nah, just straight up somebody that I know. I, and they didn't even. I was overhearing them talking to somebody else. I they weren't even talking to me. They yeah had asthma for a while and then. You know, stopped eating gluten, and then the asthma cleared up. I'm almost willing to test it out because asthma is annoying, but, like, I like too much stuff that has gluten in it. I'm willing. I'm. You know what? I'm willing to. I think I might be willing to try it just to. Just because I don't think people will be expecting me (laughs) at restaurants to be. Is this gluten free, though? (laughs) Uh, this place, what's the gluten-free option? So to, just to say that a lot, yeah. It could be like a good like kind of New Year, New Hannibal thing, like 2018. Get t-shirts. What's the gluten-free option? <laughs> Make it cool. What's the gluten-free option? W-T-G-F. Oh. Oh. Make wristbands. Like bracelets. Yeah. Like Live Strong, remember that? Mm-hmm. You could catch on. I think so. What's the... I need to know the gluten-free option. If it got gluten and shit ain't popping, put some gluten-free crackers in my stockings for Christmas. I represent Compton as bitches. 
and they all got socks on. <laughs> I can see that being a trap song, like, what's that? Gluten free option. And then, like, you could sample, like, the inhaler, like, Speaking of gluten-free, how did you first discover Drake's music? What? Was it that? You're the fucking best. You're the fucking best. You're the best. As I ever had. Wait, was it that or was it uh, the winner? Was it the winner come out? Do you remember that? Dun, dun, dun. This mixtape I'm performing tonight, you know that shit gonna be packed. Baby, man, so that shit is that. My ex girl probably says it did it that. I don't remember that one, but I'm glad you sang it. No, this about me. They say my whole fan base is missing ID, but the young trans setting musician IB got critics giving up the recognition ID. Never bring your missus by me I'm it, I'm it, call me Mr. IT If I get one wish, I'ma wish to die free They say go ahead, ball like Mrs. Irie And I do, the realest in my age group, no shit Soho, Cosmo, Bob, Mark, Blowfish Let's make a toast, tell your friends come closer Drinks on me like a coaster We doing it big, look at what I done Couple, yeah, uh, so far gone Successful, mm -hmm. those tracks I think that was 2009. Cause I, know, I remember I was still living on, used to stay on Metropolitan and Union in Brooklyn. And so I remember being unemployed and staying. Did you relate in, to that? To the Oh, the successful yeah. was at, yeah, around that time. You know, I was like, yeah, I want to be successful too. I get it, man. Motherfuckers is broke out here. <laughs> that was a different Brooklyn too so it was not the nice Brooklyn that was like it the, was getting there but it wasn't it wasn't it was the good it was the second stop into okay. into the L so it was right above it so it was starting to get there it definitely I mean it was different than than now it's fucking crazy I stayed just a couple blocks from there now but yeah around that those tracks you're the best and uh yeah around that time like when like you're the, you're the best eh, best i ever had like when those songs were coming out i uh admittedly used to hate on drake like really hard and for like a long time and uh it wasn't until i had this i had a talk with bun and we were like at a show and we were listening to, I can't remember what it was, but like some new Drake song that had come out. And I was like, man, why, like, this is before I knew like how close like him and Drake were. Mm. I was like, man, why are you listening to Drake, man? Drake sucks. And like, he was like, so man, what are you talking about? And I was like, this is how, this is how cringeworthy my takes were on music. I was like, man, he'll never be as good as most deaf. <laughs> and <Bun laughs> was like, he just like put his, his face in his palm and he was like, so man, is Drake trying to make the same music as most deaf? And I was like, Nah. He was like, all right, so why are you comparing them? I was like, that was like a light bulb moment for me. Yeah. <laughs> Once I stopped like comparing like all rappers to each other and realizing that there's like different lanes, then I was like, wow, Drake's like actually the best at what he does. He knows how to make songs. It's like he has like a team of like mad scientists like locked up in like a dungeon 
just writing like hit after hit. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah, he switches up the sound before it gets stale. Right? How does he know how to do that? How does he know? Focus groups. (laughs) 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 So when, so that, that dinner that we were talking about, the way that happened was I got a call from one of Bun's managers and they were like, Drake's putting together a dinner for Bun. He found out that you have a bunch of like UGK interviews. And I was like, yeah, which is, that's actually how we met. Yeah. Um, and they were like, uh, they wanted to know if they could use some of them to like play like throughout the dinner. And I was like, holy shit, like this is, this is amazing. Like, hell yeah. So like I, Stopped what I was doing, like I cut up some clips and like emailed them to whoever on Drake's team. And uh, I remember right when I got the call though, like while I was editing the stuff, I like went on my Twitter and I was like, let me just see if I ever talk shit about Drake on Twitter. And then <laughs> those tweets, because I was imagining like Drake surfing through my Twitter. Like, <laughs> nah. I feel like Drake would be the kind of person that would do that. He would find, like, tweets of you talking shit about him and then, like, show them to your face. I think, yeah, I'd do that, too. <laughs> Yo, I actually had that, uh... <laughs> you know, it was this, uh, this comedian, he did this list. And I'm, I'm Facebook friends with him and shit. And I never had any problems with this dude. And yeah, I booked him on my my show in, in Brooklyn before. I, I was always cordial, and he did this, this comedian I think is underrated, and the comedian this this other, and then comedian I hate, and then it was like it said me. <laughs> I'm like that's weird. I never like messaged him or anything. I was just like that's just weird, and I just made a note of it. You know, I ain't never you know say no ill will of him or mm. post about him nothing. And then uh, I post up uh, a tour date on Twitter. And then in the replies was uh, this guy asking to open for me. Oh, my God. Hannibal, that's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, let me come on the road with you, man. And I, you know, I could have dunked on him. You could have slam dunked on him. I could have dunked on him. You could have Vince and, Carter and arm in the rim. I could have fucking gotten the quick fucking blog run of shit. Complex, uprox, this site, this site, for the tweet or whatever. And just posted up his shit. But I just DM'd him. <laughs> Did you send him a screenshot? Send him a screenshot. Like, that's weird that you would ask to... Open for a comedian you hate. Just send him that. He went on this whole thing, and then what was his defense? What was his defense? So no defense. He was just, I don't know. It was just, but I just thought it was funny. I wouldn't, you, you, I wouldn't be online asking to open for somebody I was trashing also online publicly. But it was a, a fun thing. But I definitely, I could have been super petty. I'm growing. If he caught me when I was 28, he would have got dunked on. <laughs> So you're uh, scrubbing tweets. Yep, I'm scrubbing tweets. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm like, Drake, better not check my Twitter. You better not check my Twitter. And then that's when they called me back. And they, I think they saw my interview with you. Like I sent them that clip. Yeah. And they were like, 
yo, like, do you think Hannibal would be down to do like a roast of bun like at the dinner? And I was like, yeah. I, could, I could find out. We could see. And you did it. But I feel like I remember in the moment, did you like you forgot like a couple of the jokes? I forgot you a couple of jokes. It was just such a different. Like the mayor was there. Like Bun's mom the was there. The mayor was there. Bun's mom. You still talked about pregnant pussy in front of Bun's mom. Wait, did I talk about pregnant pussy there? <laughs> yeah. He's a real dude. He's a professor. This is amazing for a dude that rapped about having sex with pregnant women. <laughs> Drake cup. Drake is very nice. Very rich. He uh, covered all the traveling in the hotel and everything. The thing what happens when Drake books your hotel room? You get in there and all your ex girlfriends are in there. <laughs> So yeah, uh, one more time for Hannibal, man. Uh, have you written better Drake jokes since then? No, I haven't written. I don't really have any Drake jokes except for my bad impersonation. Yeah. I went to Toronto. I went to Atlanta. I used to drink Pepsi, but now I drink Fanta. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Toronto, met the girl in Toronto, flew out to Atlanta, I flew to Atlanta, flew it. Met the girl in Houston, flew to Miami. She went back to Miami and went out to Houston. Kicked it in Houston. We went to L.A. Calabasas, we kicked it. <laughs> and then we went to Toronto. <laughs> back to Houston. Kicking it in Miami. Back to Toronto. Back over to L.A. Went to Toronto. Met her in Houston. Flew to Miami. <laughs> that's part. That's one that's aspect good. of Drake. That's pretty good handle. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a lot. Yeah. Focus groups. You know, it's a little little rough around the edges. That same year, like a couple months after that happened, this may be something I need to apologize to you for, but so I'm friends with this basketball player named Hashim Thabit. Yeah. I remember him. Thabit from Connecticut. Yeah, UConn. Yeah. And then he was on the Thunder? Yeah. He got drafted by the Thunder? Or it just ended up on the Thunder? He ended up on the Thunder. He was drafted by the Grizzlies? Or who was he drafted by? Maybe the, the Grizzlies, and then he ended up on the Rockets. Yeah. And then the Thunder is where he like probably played his best basketball. Is he out of the league now? I think he's playing like in Japan now or something like that. Oh, that's, he has, he's having a crazy life every day. Yeah. A seven-foot-one black dude in Japan. Yikes. Big yikes. Yikes. Um, he, so anytime he would come to L.A., he would always hit me up, and we met in Houston, which makes sense. Um, he would always hit me up and like invite me to hang at stuff, and like there was one night that I won't talk about now, but like I never drink, but he invited me like after one of the Thunder games against the Lakers. I drank with the guys and don't remember a lot. Um, but he invited me to Kevin Durant's house uh, like shortly after the the dinner in Houston. Mm-hmm. So literally spent like a whole day at Kevin's house. Half the day I was like working on some assignments I had just like on his back porch. But then when I was done, we all like watched a movie together. And me and Kevin were making small talk. Did y'all watch uh, Thunder Up? <laughs> no, didn't Have you seen it? No, I don't know if I ever want to watch that, man. Is it worth it? I watched a little bit of it. It's so weird because it started popping up on my Netflix after he left after he left <laughs> wow I didn't know it existed and wow. then afterwards it's a weird space jammy vibe movie but uh whatever cool. um 
this I, this day that I came over to his house was like the day before Drake dropped back to back. It was right after Meek Mill had made the accusations mm-hmm. and dropped like the Quentin Miller like demos or whatever. And Kevin was like heated. He was like, Drake, my favorite rapper, man. Like if he doesn't write his own stuff, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to be upset. And I was like, I was like, look, man, this was after I got the wisdom from Button. I was like, do you enjoy his music? He was like, yes, I love his music. I was like, so it doesn't matter if he wrote it or not. He was like, all right, maybe you're right. I don't know, man. I don't know. And he gave me, he gave me his number and I texted, I texted him because he couldn't remember where y'all had, or you couldn't remember where y'all had met. But it was in Chicago, right? It was at, it was in at United Center. I went to the one of the USA the soccer. No, no USA men's basketball. Ah. One of the warm up games. They were playing some country from South America, Uruguay, maybe. They were playing. This was this is kind of ended up being a slam dunk moment for you, because he was. What was he mad about? Well, no, you you hit, you said I'm with Durant. He said he couldn't remember where he saw me, and oh, yeah. I said I was at the USA game courtside, and I jokingly said he was scared I was gonna roast him for going to uh, Golden State, Golden so State. he didn't speak because a couple other people spoke or whatever and said what's up. But uh, <laughs> I said he's scared he's gonna get roasted, and then you said he said bring it, yeah, and then and I said okay, and then you brought it. I brought it several months later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only down eight, Chris. I'm sure a lot of guys Durant, don't expect it to be deeper than this. If, uh, if you all lose this game, will you join that team next season? Say what? That, made, that was like the highlight of my 2016 when I saw you. What was it, like a video game thing? Yeah. It was an All-Star weekend? It, All-Star weekend, NBA 2K thing, yeah. That was great. Good job. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to ask if you had... Any, if, is there a song that's tied to an earlier memory in your life? Yeah. My second time ever on stage, I walked to Jay-Z, All I Need, off of Blueprint. Okay. 2002. Okay. April 2002, I think that show was March. You're yeah. S- you still in college at this point, or you graduated? Yeah, sophomore in college. Okay. So tell me what was happening in your life. This is your second stand-up show. Were you fully committed to the idea that you could be a comedian, like, full-time? or was it sh- I wasn't thinking. I mean, I was 19, so I was just doing it and enjoying it. At that point, I liked doing it, but it wasn't any... It was no real game plan at that point besides try to get on stage more because it was a different time, too. Podcasting was not a thing yet, or just the access to the information about being a stand-up wasn't available in the way that uh so it was just just a long way of saying i was just doing it you know i wanted i knew i wanted to keep doing it but i didn't really know the mechanisms of how to do it and how you work i was that was my second show ever so it was just trying to get on shows that's it and why did you pick the jay-z song why did you pick all that? i think i really liked that song at the time and I, it was you know i didn't go into that that gig thinking i was having Intro music. It's my second show, so I'm not even thinking intro music. So it was just, I think I was listening to it a lot, and I just liked that beat um, and the sample. And when they were like, what do you want to walk on to? I was just thinking about 
what I've been listening to a lot at that time, and it was that track off of there. And they did they they just hit play from the beginning, or is there a specific part of the song? Yeah, I think they probably played it. Wait, hold on. Uh, How does it go? What? Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the build up. Do, 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 do. It's a little talking at the beginning, so I think they played it at the drop. Mm. Yeah. And is, is does it start with the hook? This is a Jay Z song that I'm not super familiar with. It's the beat. It's do 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 do. Just Blaze era. Hmm? Just Blaze era. Jay Z. Yeah, it's Bink though. Oh, this is Bink. Yeah. Oh, that sounds like Just Blaze to me. Mama, they said I killed the man. Well, I guess I got the dagger back. It's the rock passes. We are back. And then he's a jigger man. BC to him. He's a Oskino with sparks and free weezy. Mickey, Mallory, Chris, and he paid. I also like when like 10 people get shouted out real quick. Right. <laughs> That's a lot of shout outs. Shout outs. That's a rap. Like with the references. That's one thing you can get away with in rap. That you can't get away with in comedy. Right. Like you can't just fire off 10 names that nobody really knows unless you're explaining some shit. Rap, you can shout out your homies and shit. Right. Lil Mark over there. You just, and people are like, I wonder who that is. Yeah. It sounds good. And then people around the world will be talking about this person or just shouting that lyric. There's so many re- the, the references. A lot of them don't age well, right? Especially when they just you know they be talking about current events. I was in love like Flavor Flav, <laughs> like twenty years from now. People are like, what the fuck? <laughs> what is he talking about? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, my problems was tall like Sean Bradley. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> um, so do you do you remember? So you play all I need. That's your intro music. Mm. Put put me in like the like paint a picture of like the the setting. Like where was this? Is it the like a theater in the student center on campus? A small theater, maybe a couple hundred students showed up. It wasn't you know. It was just. It, I have a connection to it just because that was my first walk on mm. music ever. I used to listen to that song over and over in my dorm room. Mm. Yeah, but there wasn't, I mean, the show itself, I don't have tape of it, but it went cool. I talked about campus shit. Uh, Do you remember, like, the joke you told right after the intro music, like your your opener? No, okay. I don't. I don't remember. It's probably something stilted and <laughs> trying to be relatable. <laughs> it's crazy being in college, right, you guys? What's up with the fucking college security? We got classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays, but we don't have them on Wednesday. The lecture? How about I lecture you? <laughs> I don't really want to be here. <laughs> okay, and which which album is this? All I need is on which album? Blueprint. Blueprint. Yeah. The original Blueprint. Blueprint. Oh, no. This is your favorite song on Blueprint, or just at the time you were jamming it? It's, I think at the time it was... 
Well, Renegade was, but they, they you know, they're different types of songs. You right. know what I mean? Renegade is more of a that's a walkout song for a fighter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can just somebody walking down the aisle and just. Uh, what else? Off? I mean, the girls remix, and then uh, I mean, you don't know. That's a that's a good walk up song too. Yeah, if I mean you don't know, yeah, it's a big walk up song. Yeah, I mean all I need is more of a smooth, but I, sometimes I like a smooth walk up, like a, just a a more chill. I used to walk up a little only a couple times to uh, Wiz Khalifa Spotlight. Mm-hmm. You know that track off of Kush and Orange Juice. How does it go? Uh, it's uh. And I used to play that one a lot. Cushion Orange Juice was that was a dope that was a dope mixtape. And that's how I found uh, Killer Callion got a great voice, uh, mm. a great verse on here. One of the unsung, and a great voice too. Unsung heroes of Houston rap music, Killer Callion. So fuck. Oh, it's not up here anymore. Oh wait. Anyway, up in the way we go. Yeah, so uh, just tell me a little bit more about that era of, of your life. Like, um, where are you mentally? Like, what? Spotlight? O2. O2? To all I need. O2? I mean, I'm a kid. I'm 19. I'm just, yeah. I still have classes. I'm doing stand up, not that often. I'm really excited about it. And just, I think I was in this act. Yeah, I was in this acting group or theater group called Oops Entertainment. Mm-hmm. So I had some play going on. I forget the name of it. So I was pretty, you know, active and busy on campus. What was your major at the time? At that time, maybe radio, television production or business. I might have changed it to radio, TV the following year. Or maybe I had changed it already, but yeah. And you ended up getting your degree in that, radio television? I don't have a degree. Oh, that's right. I have 90 credit hours of knowledge. That's right. When are you going to go back, man? I don't really (laughs) see it. I don't, I mean, I get why some people do it, you know, have the sense of completion and accomplishment and to do it for their parents Mm -hmm. and they go back, but... Nah, man, I'll just, you know, keep listening to audiobooks <laughs> and uh, Malcolm Gladwell speeches, and I'll, you know, I'll do a, I'll live a, you know, continual educated life that's not recognized by <laughs> the degree board or whoever the fuck. Yeah, I, I don't need that, man. I, 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 I had the time to do it then. If I was more focused, I could have easily done it. It's not really that tough to do but I didn't do it during that time and so for me it's really no going back unless I'm really hard up for money and I do a reality show Hannibal goes back to college (laughs) he's really broke like that's if that's that's what I'll that's the scenario that takes me back to school is like divorce uh, they're about to take the house away 
And that's the last idea. Great. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me kind of like, I just want to um, have like a more complete picture of that time in your life. So like, what are like your extracurriculars? Like, what are, like, what are you doing? Are you going to a lot of rap shows like you do now? A little bit. At that time, I was doing, we were doing Sunday school sessions. Tony hosted uh, open mic at his crib. That's really cool. And so open mic Eagle would perform there. Very cool. And other rappers too that uh it used to be battles i used to rap battle really that was what i used to rap battle just because there wasn't that much stage time as a comedian in southern illinois so i just took that as an opportunity to get up okay it's not exactly a comedy show but i could be funny here and I was pretty decent sometimes. Yeah, I was sliding to the I was sliding to the pocket sometimes. I believe that, and just kind of be really funny or just, yeah. I, I won a couple battles against. I beat Open Mike Eagle in a battle once. No way. Yeah. Wow. Tony can vouch. Yep. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> did you like pre-research your punchlines or did no, you do it on the spot? No, just on the spot. I said something like he Mike had dreads at the time. Oh my! And I said something like, "I'll cut your dread off, your dreads off, plant them, and grow another one of you, and battle him too." (laughs) 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 Okay. I said something like that. And then, and then, but this, what neighborhood was this in? This is in Carbondale, Illinois. Carbondale, so this Illinois. is five hours south of Chicago, about an hour and a half from St. Louis. Did, would y'all go to St. Louis for fun sometimes? A little bit. Okay. East St. Louis. Yeah, we'll go maybe once or twice a semester or something like that. So you, those rap battles were also kind of like necessary as like, just there's probably nothing to do in Carbondale. It was, I mean... It's a college town, so you figure you see the you know there's bars and stuff. chill around video games. You just kick it and smoke or whatever and drink, or you do your work or it's. I mean, you figure it out. You can do your work, yeah, if you want, yeah. Nice, but no, the battle. I mean, yeah, it was the the. the we had a a pretty fun hip hop scene for for that that size of town. I think would. Rappers come through and do shows there? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, they booked a show. It was a bunch of comedians, and it was AZ came down. Wow. And I was one of the openers under my uh, one of my earlier stage names. It's Amir? Amir Natural. Amir Natural. Amir Natural. There's flyers out there with Amir Natural. And AZ. <laughs> and AZ. A-N and AZ. Uh, and it was a couple of, I think uh, Lavelle Crawford was on that show. Wow. A couple of other comedians. This was at a time when people probably really wanted to see an AZ show. Actually, AZ didn't draw really well for, but that was also a weird market. It's Carbondale, right. Illinois. Right. There wasn't a lot of market a, research on Carbondale at the time. It was a Carbondale, Illinois, you know, before internet rap was hot like that, and it's a a New York rapper, you know what I mean? Right. Wasn't like that. so. People knew of AZ through the you know, you know his his first album and 
what he had that song, Sugar Hill. Yep, Sugar Hill. Uh, and uh, but it wasn't. Has it just, the firm was like ninety nine? No. Yeah. I think that might have been the nineties. Really? The firm was ninety nine. No. Is Sugar Hill Az has a song where he basically like redoes his verse from Life's a Bitch? Is that Sugar Hill or is that a different one? I'm not sure. I'm not. Uh, I'm not well versed in uh, the AZ in catalog. Az's catalog. And there's still time. It's still time. You, you know, uh, yeah, the firm was 96. What? Yeah, form 96. It's okay. so 98. Feel old yet? You know what I was doing earlier for some reason? Oh, for some reason, I oh, uh, somebody was asking me about something I had. And so I jokingly typed back, y'all can bullshit with jokes if you want. Motherfuckers, and then I reminded me of uh, you can bullshit with rap if you want, motherfuckers. <laughs> That's off of Jay Z. That's Jay Z's quote off of uh, the track with uh, Emil for the fam. Yep, and then I started like I never listened to Emil's album, it's on this is Quarrels by Emil. I haven't listened to this before. I'm just we're all experiencing this together. Ooh. Okay. I like the I like the bells. I'm not mad about this. Just off that one, I would listen to another Emil song. Okay, here you go. Oh, you got another one. She got multiple. <laughs> this is the album. Just off this, I would listen to a third. This sounds like one of them 90s beats. Yep. Trackmasters. <laughs> or uh, Swizzy. Ooh, that got real ringtone real fast. That does sound like Neptune's, yeah. That might be Neptune's. Might be the, this might be the... Actually, I kind of believe that. Yeah, this is the... This is them from the... The bottom of the stack. Yeah. Here you go. They dusted some... <laughs> you see, man, this is... Who else? Who else podcast is... Somebody listening to multiple meal tracks right now. This is the only one. In a, in a crowded landscape. In an oversaturated in an market. In an oversaturated market. This is unique. Okay. We like samples. This could be it's like cinematic a little bit. Okay. Alright. It's better be heartfelt. Yeah. 
time is rough. I lost a lot when you fell. Life is hard to bluff. You think it's hell where you at? Shit is hell on the street. You maintain it in the bing while I'm surviving to eat. Bet you think I'm violent, flexing whips and stuff. I like those horns. All right. I know I said this the last one, but we got to go one more. We We're already more. in there. We can do one more. This track is called No One Can Compare. Does this sample that? This can be a love song. listen to that album all the way through i would do it i would give it she had that that's a unique voice would you do an emil and amir tour emil and me yeah but that's what it have to be called emil and amir yeah emil and amir i got a emil and amir i got a emil and amir got a emil and amir a emil and amir look in the mirror i got a meal that's how i feel making a million a minute Making a million a minute. That's 60 million an hour. <laughs> Making a million a minute. That's 60 million an hour. You know I got the hour. It's 60 million. Getting that Oprah money. I listen to Tony Robbins. Getting motivated. All the hoes be slobbing. Slob. <laughs> you gotta do the ad lib. <laughs> That would definitely be a Millie Rock song, not a dab yeah. song. Actually, that would be a dab song. Millie Rock into the dab. It could be done. Yeah. Hey, man. Thanks for being on the podcast. No problem, man. Really appreciate it. It was cool. It was breezy. It man, was a good was time. Dope. It was nothing. Yeah, man. You know. It was a lot, but it was nothing. You know what I mean? Man. <laughs> Podcasts get recorded every day. <laughs> Shout out. Yeah. Oh man, that was so much fun. Uh, shout out to Hannibal for making time for us. I love Hannibal because no matter how famous he gets, he's still a fan at heart. So when new music comes out, you can talk to him about it like, I don't know, like he's a regular person or something. Crazy. I also love hearing about young Hannibal in college because I never got to know that Hannibal. So I love the image of him doing like a freestyle rap battle. And that punchline he had on Open Mike Eagle... We're going to have to get Mike on the podcast to tell his side of the story. That seemed, seemed pretty one-sided to me, to be honest. But the game has changed so much since Hannibal was in college. You, you really have to kind of like admire and respect how he's adapted to it. Because when he, like he was saying, when he was in college, there weren't podcasts. There was no, you just did stand-up and that was it and hope you got on Comedy Central. So, yeah, shout out to him. Thanks, Hannibal. And, uh, yeah, tune in next time. Thanks for listening to the Nostalgia Mixtape. This episode was produced by Jason Crow and hosted by yours truly, Samantha Shrowey. Catch you next time. Free range of the mind.